Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined in studio by G. Hey, Wiley, Armani, Buckets, Brandon, Deutsch. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? It is way too windy oh, outside. Is. Other than that, this day is fabulous. It is windy. It is way too windy yeah, out there. There's been some we- weird weather in L.A. recently. It gets really hot, really cold, and then windy, and it's not good for allergies around the around L.A. So There was know. a blizzard warning. I don't know if you guys saw it in yeah. Southern California. Which Crazy. Yeah. Ha- hasn't there been a blizzard warning for like a few the last like few months or whatever? I have not seen that, but maybe. Yeah, I, it's supposed to be like this big, huge. I forget the name of the the that they're calling it, but yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be this like big, huge. Like the sky is falling. But blizzard. I I saw a real life blizzard, not just. I don't, I don't know what we're gonna get here. It's not gonna be like it is in Utah. So I was in Utah, and, and that that drive. I mean, driving in the snow is crazy. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure you're you know familiar with that, but it's I, not fun. It's that's not for sure. fun, and we're on the freeway driving like 25 miles per hour <laughs> with like the hazard lights on because I'm like, oh my god, this is scary. But yeah, glad to be back. A fun time in um, Utah. But listen, it's time for the league to go to a warm weather city every at, year. At, listen, I mean, listen, it doesn't have to be like the Super Bowl, but. Uh, so, like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe, like, every 10 years you have it in, you know, Milwaukee or Indianapolis or Salt Lake or you you shouldn't have it back to back to back years. What's the lowest temperature that you're willing to compromise? 40? I, I think mean, 40 is fair. You've gone to Cleveland for it and they're, Cleveland's they've been cold. cold. No, but I'm saying, like, why, like, 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 like Cleveland's not a problem if you do Phoenix, Los Angeles, Milwaukee, and then, like, if you, like, again, like, like switch it up, maybe, you, like, every few years. You have cities like Charlotte, which is going to be, like, probably 50 degrees. Charlotte's fine. Okay. I mean, because Charlotte was the 2019, the year before Chicago, 2020. And, again, the thing that, that I will say about Chicago is that Chicago is Chicago, where it's a big city. You can go out drinking till four. You could have a good time in Chicago. And that, because I lived there at the time, that weekend ended up being the coldest weekend of the entire year. It was, like, negative 10 on Thursday, Friday night, and we were all out side it was yeah. ridiculous wasn't that the year that like it was it was warmer to go into a walk-in cooler than it was to like go into <laughs> than to go outside there it might have been that or toronto because the toronto all-star weekend was also was another one it was freezing like freezing temps but i mean yeah so it's either we we expand the list to include cities like charlotte or yeah. and atlanta and those you know That's kind fine. Of which, we, which by the way we've done that i mean 2019 yeah. charlotte 2021 20, no fans was in atlanta but i don't know listen i get i get you have to spread the love but i i would say try to 
Warm weather, cold weather, warm weather, cold weather, Sacramento? something like that. No, so I actually asked someone about Sacramento, and it goes to my point about Utah, where it had the hotels, it had the convention center. Sacramento doesn't have the hotels. Mm. It cannot host. Uh, so you, you do have certain places that would like to host but cannot host because they don't have a convention center and a hotel. They, they need a certain number of hotels. To make it happen. So, listen, a good time in Utah, uh, but I, I, I totally get, you know, wanting to spread the love. But listen, I mean, you got to come back to Los Angeles. But again, as we reported first on the Sporting Tribune, Los Angeles is officially putting in a bid for 2025. The key there... And this is really coming to pass. And I wrote about it on the Sporting Tribune is that this is lining up for a LeBron James farewell tour. Okay, so he signed prior to this season, a two year contract extension that takes him through the 2024-25 season, takes him up to his 40th birthday. The big 4-0. Uh, Bronny James, by the way, now it's looking, I mean, and we'll talk about this some more, but, you know, project to be possibly a top 10 pick. Um, we'll see about that. But again, that, that would be the 2024 draft. The big key there is LeBron has now changed what he said before. I think LeBron prior said he wanted to play on the same team with his son. Now I think he's saying, he listen, I just want to share the court with him. At some point in time, let's just say Bronny gets picked by the Kings or someone that that he he wants to play his son, which it, to my view is more fun. I want to see Bronny versus LeBron. I think that that would be a, a lot of fun. Um, and then again, if this all shapes up to LeBron kind of hosting All Star Weekend in Los Angeles, that would be really cool. And then again. What LeBron wants to do post-career, he wants to bring a team to Las Vegas. And what, what we've heard is that that won't, what, that won't happen until they're done with the new TV rights deal, which will happen in 2025. So it's, it, it's shaping up for a LeBron James farewell tour during the 2024-25 season. And this is what I posed to you before <laughs> the show, Arash, yeah. is would Laker fans, <clears throat> hypothetically speaking, yeah. let's say this season does not end well, let's say next season goes similarly, <laughs> then you have LeBron, let's say before the season he says, this is my last year, and it's a farewell tour season. Meanwhile, the Lakers have not had success in a few seasons sure. prior. Yeah. How would the fans be receiving that kind of news? Would they be receptive in a way that they were towards Kobe? Or even, even like, well, this is kind of different, but the Mavericks fans with Dirk or, or the Heat yeah. fans. So with it's Wayne. not going to be the same as Kobe or Dirk because Kobe played all 20 seasons here with Dirk. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Tim Duncan, the same yeah. thing. So it's not the same there. What you have to realize with LeBron, it's not a Lakers thing per se. I think Laker fans, you will always have that contingent of he's not Kobe, you know. And like, okay, he, yeah, he's he's not Kobe. He didn't play with one team. Like the the connection that Los Angeles had with Kobe was so unique because he was so young when he got drafted here. I mean, he needed his parents' supervision to sign his first contract. We've known him his entire life almost. With LeBron, it's not like that. So it is a celebration of the player, not so much a team thing. Again, he's, he, he's with the Lakers. He's playing here. But it's not the same as Kobe. But I promise you, regardless of how the team is doing, when LeBron says, hey, this is my, I guess it'll be his 22nd season, 40 years old, 
this is it. You do have to, at that point, appreciate what you're watching, and you're basically saying the greatest player of all time. Like, and again, you can talk about Jordan, Kobe, and stuff like that. But if if the greatest player of all time, the all time leading scorer, is saying this is it, these are my last games, I promise you that last game will have a Kobe like feel to it. A thousand percent, and I agree with everything you said. However. If the Lakers are hovering around 500, I can guarantee you that Lakers fans are not going to want to hear about any farewell tour or anything. <laughs> hey, they want hey. a path towards no, contention. I disagree. No. I highly disagree. Oh, I, I agree with Armand. I don't think I think they're tired of LeBron now. They care about rings. This is a city Here's that cares thing. about titles. Real fans do. All these fair weather Laker fans out there. They're in for the show. It's 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 L.A. Like guys. It's still L.A. That's because you're from here, man. It's totally different when you're actually I from think, Los I Angeles. Think there's a difference. LeBron fans will show up. There are yeah, guys yeah. that would give their soul for. Le- okay, and so their here's the difference. LeBron here's James, the difference you know, between like, Kobe and LeBron. What is one of Kobe's greatest games of all time? His last point? game. Well, yeah. that too, but yeah. his last game, sixty yes. points. What was the Lakers record that season? 20 and 62? Something it? like that. Yeah, yeah, it was if, bad. If, if not <laughs> worse. It was, yeah, it, it was maybe the worst season in Lakers history. But what you do in that moment is like, you can't be mad at this guy because he's saying, listen, if you're mad at me, cool, bro. Like, I'm gone. Like, I'm out. So you could be mad at me, but like, like I'm about to be gone. Appreciate the moment. So I promise you, LeBron's last game, the last game of, a, uh, of the greatest player of all time, 22 seasons, that will be, and by the way, if LeBron says that this is his last year, the, they will schedule it so he goes head to head with his son in his last game, perhaps. I mean, it, that game, the significance of that game will have a lot more than just like, oh my God, it's another below 500 season. It, it, and in a weird way, that Kobe final game. It helped that their season was done. So the Lakers really blew it out like it was game seven of the finals. Because there was no more games. And if any family can do it, it's going to be the best family that's going to make this like a big, huge hoopla. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like this big, huge thing. But we wouldn't know when LeBron's last game is going to be because it would be a playoff game, right, Arash? Or, well, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, yeah, if we're, no. You're insinuating that the last game, are we? So here's the thing. The last well, game is going to be a they playoff. They didn't make the playoffs last year. I, I could say, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong here because we have a bet. They're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. So, like, do I think that they're going to get, get there in the future? Like, I it's I, I think, hard to say. Hey, I'll disagree. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. This year? All right. <laughs> I think they'll win the play-in. Oh, I, don't, I don't see them losing to Damian Lillard in a, in a one game. I mean, it's possible, but I don't see it. I don't see them losing definitely not to the Thunder in, an, in a series that actually matters. I think they're a different team right now. I mean, they have a lot to prove, but I do expect them to get out of the play-in. I do. And anything less would be a failure. Oh, there's no opinion. doubt about it. I mean, just just the way that this season has but, progressed has been. But I think the main thing we're forgetting here is I, I I do want to bring up what I brought up a couple minutes ago, which was Lakers fans are I think fed up with LeBron. He's talking a lot. You know, he's like, oh, most important games, twenty three. Like, no one cares about him talking, but missing the playoffs isn't that. Go and play basketball and win games. Like, I think that I'm just speaking for a lot of what I see, and I get it. He's fantastic. 
a lot of the failures over the past couple of years was primarily his fault. I hate to say it. He was the guy who wanted Westbrook. Yes, Polinka made the trade. There's there's a ton of responsibility on all sides there, but he was the one who really wanted to That's play the with biggest Russell thing. Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, the, if you believe that and all the reports say that, that was his biggest problem is not appreciating the team that won the championship, not appreciating yep. the team. The following season... Well, the best team in the West, number two, just behind the Bucks before he got hurt, they were fine. There was no oh, reason yeah. to take a sledgehammer yeah. to that team and say, but he always wants to, to change things. So he's like looking at the team and like, all right, so like if we package Kuzma and KCP and Harold and da da da, it's like uh, basically bro, all your three and bro, D like players. these are the, 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 the you want you want a championship with these guys. And the only reason you didn't get back to the finals was Davis got hurt. Exactly right. Like because I think they beat the Suns. And, and think about it like this. Any time, and this doesn't apply to this year because Davis is not going to play 60-plus games, right? I think he's not not going to reach that no. mark. Okay, any time LeBron has had a star next to him, and Westbrook was definitely not a star that has played over 60 games in a season, he has not missed the finals in his whole career. Yeah. That is incredible. That is incredible. So literally the key to making the finals every year with LeBron, and it's a hard one, is making Anthony Davis play 60 games. Plain and simple. Or you get another star next year and have Kyrie play 60 games, and he's probably going to the finals as as old as he is. I mean, he's still amazing. What I'm curious to see, again, in the second, or not the second half of the season, but the last 23 games, you cannot sit out back-to-backs anymore. No. They have a back-to-back yeah. next week in Oklahoma City, Memphis, and then OKC. Massive games there. Do you think Davis and James play in they both They should, games? and we talked about this. If... So James literally said, LeBron James said, these 23 games are the most important 23 regular season games in my career. Okay, (laughs) the reason that that's important is there's only 23 of these left, okay? Like, I get at the beginning of the season, you don't want to play it back-to-back, you don't want to do this, that. You're at the point in the season, and you put yourself in this position where you have to win these games. They're not like, gall must win, because you're not going to go 23-0. and But you're going to have to win a lot more than you lose. And you're going to have to win some games that you're not supposed to win. Like, they're not supposed to beat the Grizzlies on the road, right? They're going to kind of have to win some of these games if they're going to find a way. Again, just to be the 10th seed. I mean, I'm not thinking about 6 seed, 7, 8. Like, just get into that play-in tournament. Give yourself a chance. And LeBron said that. Like, with the team we have, like, if we just get there... He's confident. Eh, he, he has to say that, right? But the reason that these games are important, you can't, you can't be healthy and not play at this point. These are kind of playoff games now. Yeah. Did you see what Pat Bev said? By the way, Pat Bev, newest member of the Chicago Bulls. I was stoked to you. By the way, why is Pat, Pat Bev being such a clown, bro? <laughs> Wait, uh, right now. Wait, <laughs> what, what, what Pat Bev do you know? <laughs> Wait, what is Pat, he said? Pat he Bev. wants to stop the Lakers from yeah. getting to the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, the the Bulls and Lakers will play back to back games at, in late March, early okay, April. So, so that which will be huge games for both teams. The Bulls are in eleventh place. The Lakers yeah. are in thirteenth. So they both are going to need it. And Pat Bev basically said that his goal is to keep them out of the playoffs. Yeah. So Pat Bev did his best job to do that with the way he played during the first oh, season. No. 13 out of 16. He, needed, uh, he already did his job, right? He, he, already he did really job. did his job. Wait, we we got to go back to the first game of the season, which I was there. And I was there because the Lakers were 0-0. Zero and zero. They were not below 500. Uh, Pat Bev begins it by saying, first of all, the fact that Pat Bev t- took the mic before the first game of the season. But he's like, 
we're going to be in the playoffs. And I'm like, is that like now like the goal? And then, by the way, like, <laughs> yes, that would be an amazing goal at this point in the season. But I just remember thinking like for a team, a franchise that's won 17 championships, like you take the mic before the season, like we're going to be a playoff team this year. And it's like, okay, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that from a standpoint of like that kind of energy, I wonder where that's going to come from now, now that he's not there. Yeah. Because that does matter. <laughs> it matters, but it's like, what are they? The thirteenth seed? I mean, just like I, I get it, and I think there are certain teams where it where it can mean something. With this team, there was enough of a sample size where it just didn't. You know, listen, he had his moments. He for sure yeah. had his moments. I'm a Pat Bev guy. I I think he helps your team. The, the problems with this team are so deep, and I think I like the moves that they made. I just don't know if there's enough time. And you touched on it. It is so. We're, we're used to coming out of the break and saying the second half of the season. This is the fourth quarter of the season. Yeah. Most teams have somewhere between 20 to 23 games left. This is the fourth quarter of the season. So there's not a ton of time left. So that's the problem that I see with this team. That, it, it, like, if this was the team that they had at the beginning of the season, this is, in my view, a playoff team, not a championship, you know, but I think this is a playoff team. Do they have enough time now? I, I, I just, don't think so. That's a fascinating thing is that Golden State, who they play on Thursday, yep. is a team that is in a similar position. They, yeah. they lose one or two games and they're out of the playing tournament. Yeah. So these games are going to be massive for all parties involved. You have Phoenix adding in the Durant factor. You have the Mavericks still trying to figure it out. There are so many variables heading into these final 23 games. And I don't think we've seen an end of the regular season quite like we're about to see in the Western Conference. Do you like the playing tournament? now yes I uh, do. so yeah okay let's go i uh, i've I, always I, liked the play-in like tournament I say one fan, thing, yeah. though, because okay so the playing tournament in in theory yes i like as a fan of a team as a fan of the bulls i hate it because it sets this low bar oh well we we're fighting for we're not out of it we're fighting for the nine or the ten it's like no blow it up and start over yeah but in in regards to fan like general nba fan i love it yeah, it kind of reminds me of the first four in, right? Yeah. In the NCAA tournament. Like, that's what the play-in tournament is. Because yeah. you're not in the playoffs yet. You're not. Yeah. You're playing to play in the playoffs. So, I like it. I, more basketball, the better. I, I do think it sets the tone for mediocrity across a lot of franchises. That's yeah, the regular season doesn't, I mean, no one cares because you could be the 10 the seed and still have a chance. Yeah, but yeah, if you're a fan of a team, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I'm know. of the belief that you should probably think about blowing it up at that point. I think, doesn't it depend on the team, though? So, like, yeah. let's just say this is, like, you know, a, cr a crappy team. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not putting the Lakers in there, but like, let's just say it's like Houston is vying for That's you know a, a playing a playing spot. Yeah. Their fan base is going to go off. They're going to be so excited That's because the, they haven't made it in the playoffs in how long? Oklahoma so, City Thunder is a yeah. great example of that. So you have the young, hungry team. That's yeah. always great to see them involved. But then if you have the old veteran team that just scraped their way to the ten seed, like the Bulls, then it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if the Lakers are like, they might be in the worst position of any yeah. team in basketball. I mean, you give up Laurie Markkinen, 
turns into a star, yeah. right? I mean, he's an all-star. You give up what turns out to be the seventh overall pick, Franz Wagner, with Wendell Carter Jr. for Vucevic, who can't play defense. I mean, and they have no young players. Yeah, but that's also the price that you pay for, you know, what, trying to, to get picks get and all that eight, stuff. Eight seed and make Again, it's the price that you pay. Like, you're thinking that these things are going to pay off for you in the long run, but they're not, you know? So, like, it's just the price you pay. It's like the roll of the dice. That's what gambling is, is all about. That's what rolling well, the dice is all about. it was a bad gamble. Yeah, yeah but that's the gamble they, they were trying to take. The similar argument to the seventh seed being added in the NFL. Did you like that? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the problem with the 10th seed, and again, I have no problem with it right now because I am a Lakers fan and I'm looking at them and they're, they're only two games back of the 10th seed. They, they, they have a chance. <laughs> you, you give yourself a, a reason to care because if, if they didn't have this play-in tournament, they are about, what are they, four games back or th- three games back? Yeah. So, you know. There's enough time. There's enough time for the Lakers. Two games back of the 10 seed. Yeah. What, when do you start giving up? No, I'm, they, not, <laughs> I'm not going to give up until they're mathematically eliminated. If they start this on a losing streak, though, that, that's a really, really bad The problem sign. now is we're, we're, we're going to do what we've all done with the show a ton, <laughs> which is like every game is like, they're back. They're <laughs> done. Thursday, they're back. Thursday, Sunday is pretty must win. They do. At they least do one to. and one. But I mean, all these games, like we said initially, are all must must wins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you really, so that's why LeBron can't, like, like if LeBron can play, he's got to play. He, he literally said, these are the most important regular season <laughs> games of his career. Can't wait. And they are. Because if, if you sit out and you lose, you only have 23 of these games left. And the reason that they have a chance, they're only two games back at the 10 seed with 23 games left to play. They got to figure out a way to get this done. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Mona talking about the Clippers, Russell Westbrook staying in Los Angeles, going across the hall to the Clippers. We'll talk about that and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing good. It's just, uh, just kind of crazy. Like People come back from Utah. 
to LA and it's, <laughs> there's a freeze warning. Right. So it's kind of like you're doing the same thing. You're just, you're just flying back to Utah. I, the same I, thing. I, I felt the same. Yeah. I'm like, I, I brought my <laughs> jacket and I didn't think I'd have to wear it. And I, I and I pulled that jacket right out and yeah, it felt like Utah <laughs> coming back home here. Yeah. Um, all right, great big week for the Clippers, you know, c- coming out of the break, going into the last 21 games of the season. You got yourself a point guard. Russell Westbrook is now the point guard of the Clippers. I don't know if I've seen something like this before, but normally when a team signs a big-name player, you talk to your friends at like in Vegas and say, like, oh, so how does this change the odds? According to Circus Sports, it hurt the Clippers' chances. Oh. Your, yeah. your thoughts on that? Um, it's fair. I understand where Vegas is, is coming from there. Um, it just kind of, there's a lot of media talk about it right now, about how bad of a move it is and, and how, you know, the fit isn't really there for any team, any contender, um, especially for the Clippers when the Clippers don't really need a guy that, that can set people up. They're kind of more of like a shooting type offense where they rely primarily on three point shooting, which we all know Russell Westbrook cannot bring. Um, you know, of course they need intensity. They need energy. The Clippers have been one of those stagnant offenses for most of this Kawhi PG run, honestly, it's not even just this year. And I see, I, I see where they're coming from when, when they sign Russell Westbrook. I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to inject energy, toughness, um, you know, a guy that can rebound, a point guard that can rebound, um, a point guard that can push the pace. Um, Terrence Mann can do that, but he, he, he's more, he errs on the side of caution a lot more. And I think they needed a guy that was more of an enforcer. And I think that's why they went and got him. I'm just still worried about how many minutes he's going to get, if he's going to close games, what the rotations are going to be. Because if you kick Terrence Mann out of this lineup for Russell Westbrook, that's really not what you want to do, especially when how, with how good Terrence Mann's been playing. I understand that the, the media attention around it being a negative thing, but I, I see it in this way. He's probably not going to play the minutes he played on the Lakers. Ty Lue is a very smart coach when it comes to if you're not doing well, you're going to be on the bench. And I know I've been on Ty Lue for, for a while here on the, on, on the show, but you know he knows when to take guys out if they're really, really hurting the team. And I think that's going to bode well for, for Russ. And I think that a change of scenery is everything in the NBA. We see it all the time. A guy goes to a new place and he just thrives. A lot of guys that leave the Lakers do that, unfortunately. But a lot of guys that leave the Lakers, like Julius Randle, Lonzo Ball before he got hurt, Josh Hart, all these guys... B.I., Brandon Ingram, all these guys that left the Lakers had a change of scenery and just had career years or close to it. So I'm excited to see how they use him, but it, obviously there's a lot of skepticism right now. Grant, my, my concern with the Clippers is similar to what you alluded to right there, is just the overall chemistry of the team. You had uh, Law Murray of The Athletic already insinuating that there is a chance that Russell Westbrook could end up being a starter. So if you take Terrence Mann's job away, if I'm Terrence Mann personally, I would not be happy with that. If you plug Russell Westbrook into the six-man role, then if I'm Norman Powell, then I have to share that. And it could rub me the wrong way a little bit too, considering that you know I'm a six-man-of-the-year favorite. All these chemistry concerns and then that's not even including a guy like bones highland who you just traded for now all of a sudden he might get zero minutes so all these factors in a locker room that has not had time to gel or develop um what are your thoughts on on that aspect of 
the team. And by the way, the power forward position too, you have multiple power forwards that are going to be fighting for minutes. What are your thoughts on that? Look, there was, you, you bring up an awesome point in that they just got Bones Highland, who, yeah, he's a second-year guy, but he still can provide a lot for a team off the bench. And that spark, and through those two games that he played after that trade deadline, he looked okay. He looked you know decent enough to play good minutes on that bench unit. And then you bring in a guy like Russ that'll probably just take all of Bones' minutes. Not to mention, like you said, at that power forward position, Robert Covington was already not getting minutes at all. And now you bring in another guy that's going to take his so-called whatever minutes he was going to get. So now he's basically all the way out of the rotation. So, And Robert Covington, I think, is a better player than Marcus Moore Sr. And he should be starting if they're going to go with a power forward there or even you know get considerable minutes on the bench. So you're right. In terms of a chemistry thing, the Clippers have never really been a team that has a disrupt in chemistry, especially over these past four years with, with Kawhi PG. I guess just the first year with Doc when they had that whole rift with Montrezl Harrell. But after that, the team has been, you know, locked. You know, they're, they're a, a team that you bring somebody in and you're immediately a part of the family. I'm hoping that's what it is with this Russ situation where you bring him in, you accept him for who he is, you, you give him as much confidence as possible, and you have the support of the fans and, and, and the support of the team. And, you know, he gets the job done when he needs to get the job done and feels welcome there. I think he didn't really feel welcome in, in, a, in a Laker uniform, and that's kind of what led to his demise down the stretch there during the trade deadline. But I do think that chemistry-wise, it can work. But you're right. If you take Terrence Mann's minutes off and give them to Russell Westbrook, that's not good for a young player. I mean, I say young. Terrence Mann's late 20s. But a younger player that's just starting to hit his peak as a starting point guard in this league and especially for this team, he's been awesome. So you're right, Armand. It, it, it's a very, very risky move in terms of not just basketball-wise, but chemistry. Yeah, and Grant, I wanted to ask you, I want to switch gears here. Uh, we're approaching baseball season. Obviously, the WBC is in a few weeks. I wanted to ask you about the Angels because they're in a weird year. This is kind of a must-win year for the Angels if they want any chance at keeping Otani. He's going to test free agency regardless. He just came out and said that um, a couple of days ago. Mike Trout, you know, this probably the best lineup they've had that I've seen as my time as an Angel fan. Over 82 wins, that's their over-under on Vegas. I don't know. Under, I mean, the Rangers got better with the Grom. The Mariners are probably still a better team. Houston's definitely winning the division. Do you think they make the playoffs and give themselves a chance for Otani to resign? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk out of spring training right now, or I mean, we're close to spring training. I think the players just reported um, about the, the Angels more so than the Dodgers. And it's really, you know, in years past, it's been all about the Dodgers and their star power. But now I'm hearing a lot of talk locally, at least, about the Angels spring training and their season shape up. And for good reason, they I do believe that they'll be in wild card contention. I'm not going to say that they're a lock for the playoffs or they're going to win the, the AL West or they're going to be, you know, this and that. I do think that they'll be in that mix for, for that first or second wild card, or excuse me, the second or third wild card. Um, now that we have three, which is kind of crazy, but the angels, what they did this off season was they just added a bunch of depth, which is what I think they lacked. And Brandon, you know, this, they lacked the, when they got guys injured, the depth that they had was not that great, right? They, they had guys that were, maybe AAA guys that they brought up, prospects that haven't proven themselves. Now they get Hunter Renfro. You know, they have Anthony Rendon back fully healthy. 
obviously Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are awesome. Um, you know, they got Ring Gifo, who had a breakout year last year. Um, you know, they, they bring in Gio Urshela, who he can play in multiple positions. So they have a lot of offensive talent in terms of depth. It's just if their pitching can hold up. And I know that their pitching was actually pretty good last year, better than people actually think. Um, Sandoval was great. Otani's always good. Um, Syndergaard was decent before they traded him. Lorenzen was decent. You know, they have Detmers. They have some guys that are going to come up from the, from the minor leagues. So they have the, the structure, the frame, I should say, for a wild card team. It's just that if they can put it together, I don't know if Phil, ne- I, I want to see Phil Nevin in a full year now um, and see what he can do because he didn't do that bad. Their pitching coach is really good still. You know that. So the Angels, they have the framework. It's just a matter of can they put it all together? That's how it is every year. I don't, I think they'll be healthy. But now I'm just worried about if that roster is healthy, do they have enough pitching to sustain that long season, you know, playoff push? More importantly, Grant, what about the Dodgers? Listen, uh, <laughs> they, they, they didn't make a big splashy move, but I don't know if they have to. You know, I mean, there's a lot of talk about the Padres, and we get it. Um, do they still run the division? By the way, it, it's it's just about the postseason. I mean, the fact of the matter is the Dodgers won the West, finished, what was it, 20-some-odd games above the Padres, and they lost <laughs> to the Padres in the playoffs. There's not as much hype on the Dodgers this season, and I don't have a problem with that, but your thoughts on them? You know, you bring up a great point of how people are kind of just, like I said before, they're kind of just passing up the Dodgers. They didn't do much. They didn't do, I mean, they got guys with, you know, kind of like minimum deals. They kind of did like what the Lakers did a couple of years ago where they just, they got yeah. a bunch of minimum guys that may fit together, like J.D. Martinez they got. Um, they got David Peralta, who was actually pretty good last year. But I think right now they're focusing, I mean, they let Justin Turner walk, which is a big one within the organization. Yeah. Um, they, they, they let Trey Turner walk. So the Dodgers have a lot of talent still. I mean, they have a great minor league talent. They have great big league talent, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Will Smith's still there. They let Cody Bellinger walk, which is, in my opinion was a good thing. Like he needed to go and needed to change the scenery like I was talking about. They have enough. They definitely have enough to compete. It's just that every other team in their division got better. Even the Giants got a lot better. They got Mitch Hanniger. Yes, they missed out on Aaron Judge and and, uh, and Manny Mach- or sorry, uh, Carlos Correa, but they still got a lot better. A lot of those teams in that in that division are going to be tough. Even the Arizona Diamondbacks are not going to be a team that you can just go in and beat. They're gonna no. they put up a fight against the Dodgers. So the Dodgers are still very talented. They have the the, the tools to win the title, but it's gonna be a much tougher road. <laughs> much tougher. I mean they have to go through the Padres and Giants in division and the Mets and the Phillies who also got a lot better. So it's it's gonna be the toughest road they've had in a long time though. I couldn't agree with you more, but I want to go to a better topic and a more important topic, a more relevant topic, Grant. <laughs> Let's talk college basketball for a little bit. I know All that right. the Pac-12. <laughs> I know that the Pac-12 has not obviously been, you know, at the top, at the peak um, of everybody's interest when it comes to uh, college basketball, but. I mean, USC does not look horrible, and UCLA obviously is going to be making it into that tournament as well as Arizona. I want to know your thoughts as far as the Pac-12 and um, the strides that they've made to um, go into the Pac, um, going into the tourney. Yeah, you know, this is for some people. This is the best time of year. We're going right into March, March yes. Madness. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people get excited about that for good reason. But there's a lot more reason this year. I think. I mean, UCLA has has proven themselves to be a juggernaut. I know that. You know, they've had some bad losses this year. They've had some good wins as well. 
Um, even USC has been playing pretty good basketball. And, you know, two years removed from when they were really good. Um, they've kind of been, you know, middling around there, but still good enough to be, you know, in contention with some of these top teams in the Pac-12. Uh, with UCLA, I, I don't see that dominance that they've had in, in years past to where, you know, you can say that they're a top five team for the, for the national championship. They're a team that can make a run, but I just feel like, you know, with the emergence of the teams like Alabama, Purdue, Houston, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to the to the guy from Houston, Miller. Um, I hope all that gets sorted out. But you know, there's there's teams this year that I feel like are they have so many more NBA ready players in terms of depth as opposed to years past, which is probably going to not bode well for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is usually a conference that that is under the radar, a sleeper conference. Um, you know, UCLA doesn't have guys that'll pop out to you, but they have guys that'll really contribute. You know. To their team that, and they're going to be guys that won't be high draft picks in the NBA. Like we saw Johnny Duzang go crazy in the Final Four a couple of years or in the in Elite Eight a couple of years ago, and then he was a second round draft pick. It's like they don't have, but he was great for UCLA. So UCLA and USC, and I think Pac-12 in general, they have guys that they're great teams, well coached teams. You know, even Stanford for a few years was pretty good. They have you know a lot of NBA talent, but it's it's more later round draft picks, but when they play in college, they play so well as a team. It's it's where the Pac-12 is not like NBA ready, but they can compete with a lot of the bigger schools and other conferences. But you know, I, I just think that the Pac-12 probably won't win a national championship, but they they can knock somebody off. I really feel like UCLA, USC, they get in, they can, you know they can really knock somebody off in the tournament. I, I think that UCLA's ceiling is probably the Elite Eight. I don't think they get to the national championship. Um, maybe the Final Four, but you know, there's a lot of NBA talent around the uh, around college basketball right now in other conferences that I just don't see them getting past. My my question is geared towards you, Arash. Um, oh, here we go. When UCLA does <laughs> make it to the Natty, but what, right? what is, whoa, 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 whoa! Let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. How, how are you going to be? No a lot of people are high. They have no offense. All right, so I will yeah, tell you. <laughs> I will be in Houston. For the championship and game, Houston's going to win in Houston. Oh well, they're going to win yeah. it all. They're all right. good. That's a I lot, like that. in my opinion. Um, listen, I have no, I, I don't care about UCLA basketball because I've never felt USC. And by the way, we, we've had our, our moments. I always love when USC beats UCLA in basketball because <laughs> you know. But um, no, listen, if you what I don't want, like. I do not want UCLA to win the national championship. Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so I will not be rooting for UCLA to win the national championships, if that's what you're asking. And they won't. I'm not really worried about that. Okay. I mean, I, I think that with the controversy that Alabama has had yeah. um, as of late, um, that they may be dropping soon, yeah. um, ju- just due to what they're going through at the current moment in time. But, um, I, I mean, everything is all about runs, isn't it? Right now, is is Houston on a, like a massive? I mean, granted, they're twenty five and two, so like you can't really. And they're yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. And, and and they're in league, they're fourteen to two. So right now, I mean, they're obviously dominating. You know, their conference. Good for you. You can dominate your conference Congrats all day long. The medal. Yeah, the, yeah, it does. Like you know, yay! Everybody gets a trophy. Like I don't think I don't think that that makes yeah I don't think that I that think, makes them a contender for the title. Look, GA, it's a good point. I think this is also a year where. It's, I think only three or four teams can win the national championship. And maybe that sounds crazy, but I think it's down to Kansas, Houston, and perhaps UCLA. Interesting. Like, Alabama's going to have wow. issues. Not Purdue? 
I mean, Purdue. Yeah, yeah Purdue. Purdue. I mean, Purdue's so. bomb, man. Like, Zach Eady is blowing people out of the water. Yeah. Northwestern. No, you guys uh, have no chance, no, no chance. <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I no. do think, I mentioned this yesterday, I do think USC has a run in them if they can beat Arizona and somehow get What's into the run? tournament. What's the run, like Sweet 16, Elite yeah, 8? Elite yeah, Elite 8, because Elite Boogie eight. Ellis. It's hard to find a guy that can really just take over games when you need it. Uh, like Grant mentioned, um, Juzang was that guy for UCLA, and that was uh, important for their for their tournament run. I think yeah. Boogie is a similar player. I think USC is a lock next year to go to the Elite Eight. I yeah. think they're going to have one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they have a really good recruiting class coming well, on Vincent's in next coming year. Back. Yeah. You know, he's going to have a full year. You know, Isaiah Collier, you're going to have a ton of, you know, Kajani's going to play more. They're going to be better than UCLA for the foreseeable future based on their recruiting classes. Grant, I forgot to bring this up. Uh, so I was in Utah, obviously. The All-Star Game, generally regarded as one of the worst games of basketball. I don't even know if you can call it basketball. The viewers agree. Worst rated television viewership in history. What, I mean, can that game be saved? It can, but it's on the players. Yeah. I think it's really on the players. I, I was reading a take today. I forgot who said it, but it was the take that you guys get in, like, these first or second-year All-Stars, they weren't even playing hard either. And it's like you just got into yeah. the All-Star game as your first or second appearance, and these guys are not giving the effort that, you know, say a, a 50- or 60-year All-Star would get. It's like, come on, you, you know, and you have snubs that didn't make it that would probably want to be there and play hard as well. I don't think we take that into account. There's a lot of snubs this year, and they didn't get even get a chance. And then these guys that do get in don't put out the full effort. It, it's just... It's embarrassing for the image of the NBA when you have your star players on the biggest stage, not the biggest stage, but they're all there together and they don't even play hard. They don't care. They, they're talking about going to Cancun right after they leave Utah. It's like that is not a good product if you want the entertainment value of the NBA. And fans rightly should be upset. I was upset watching it. I thought I was going to get a great game. And then these guys are just laying on defense. They're traffic cones. They're shooting threes from forty feet away. That are I just hated flanking that. Yeah. off the side of the rim. It was. I, I, I just. It wasn't pure basket. It wasn't fun basketball. I don't want passing like the twenty fourteen Spurs, but I do want you know some entertainment value. Yeah, I mean here here's the thing. You have to get these guys to care just about one quarter. The game that we went to, which which was in Chicago. That's when I felt that they had figured it out with this t target point total because, like, even if you're down by 10, you know, that can be competitive. Like, like, I don't think it's a lot to ask for you to play one good quarter. You could do the layup line for the first three quarters. When you get to the fourth quarter, like, try, right? I mean, yeah. like, I, 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 I don't mean, think that's a hard thing, you know. Yeah, the celebrity, the celebrity game was more interesting than the <laughs> well, first. Well, because the celebrities are trying. I mean, yeah, because they're trying. For a yeah. celebrity, like that's a big moment for them. But yeah. buckets, touch on this. Like if like if you have a target score, like I don't think it's a big thing to say. Hey, try for one quarter. It's not a big thing, but also I, I just want to play a little bit of devil's advocate okay. here. It is very hard when you're down by let's say ten to twelve to fifteen. Those guys can all score like it's. I mean, cry me a river. Crime me a river. It's, 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 game. Easy, it's easier said than done to stop them because yeah. you're talking about the best scores in the world. But yeah, I mean the effort was terrible. What do you want me to say? No, it was yeah. They, they don't play defense either though during that game at all. No, like no, there's the, no defense being yeah, played. Yeah. So how how is it hard to catch up? I yeah. know. It was it was just it was rough to watch. Grant, 
looking forward to seeing you. I'm sure you're going to be at the game Friday. So uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.